Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Analytic Assist with me, Dr. Shauna G, where you hear me interview an expert or experts on their work that is somehow related to energy, and probably a few things outside of that, because this is about the science, but it's also about making the science relatable. Welcome to part three of episode three on the Analytic Assist. So in this section, we're going to really touch on social media. And really like all of us, this is certainly not applicable to health and wellness, but most of us have some sort of a social media presence. We might not be on all the platforms, maybe one or two, but for the most part, a lot of us are on there. And that certainly applies to trainers. And so Liz Harvey, this includes you, you're, um, are the founder of the burn factory yes absolutely have a social media presence um so feel free to introduce the listeners to your platforms how some things that you thought about when you were putting that together so that you could communicate what you shared with us what you're all about what you believe in why you're doing this um And then we are going to go into where you can find some not so great information because that's important, right? Helping listeners delineate between how do I find information that is intelligent based in science and to start telling the difference between that versus maybe information that's not so much based in science or Mm -hmm. have another agenda, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think for any, I'll preface by saying this, for any trainer or fitness enthusiast, I swear, um, when it comes to social media, it it really is daunting to have a presence on a platform that potentially can reach millions of people. Mm -hmm. And in an effort to portray an image of quote-unquote success, I think that we, we as fitness trainers get in, get in this mentality that, oh my gosh, we've got to be stage ready and show our six-pack and eight-pack abs, and it's all about the striations in the muscle tone, and that's just all bullshit. I mean, it really is, you know, um, and I think for me what, what is really important is the message and the tone that, that my page sets, especially in the testimonials in, you know, I can say more recently during this COVID season, highlighting exactly what I'm doing, featuring clients, um, you know, encouraging those clients and members of, you know, virtual classes and, and training to, to post their experiences, um, which is essentially free advertising, which is awesome. But, you know, more recently, I have gone away from this notion that I've got to look a certain way in order to gain followers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I really sort of want to kind of dispel those, those ideas is that just like meal plans and workouts should not be one size fits all. Your trainer should not be one size fits all. And they should not be 
stereotyped or pigeonholed in this idea that aesthetically what is beautiful equates to what is healthy. And so this notion of embracing, you know, our body types, um, you know, is something that's, that's, it's really powerful because as, as trainers, you know, one of two things will happen. Either they want to look like you or they want to be like you. Mm -hmm. And the danger comes in the wanting to look like you because then that, then that promotes body dysmorphia. And I think to a degree, and I can't speak for all fitness trainers, but I, I do think um, most of fitness trainers that have been in this industry a long time have sort of some sort of body dys dysmorphia. And if they're in denial, it's those that are perpetuating and using social media as a platform for, to prop, you know, for propaganda and pushing things like 21 day fixes or 30 day detoxes or supplements that are just full of garbage and ultimately useless. It's not a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. So I, I really try to be very sensitive to the education tools and resources that I myself am putting on social media, but also going back to this idea that I'm not going to promote things that A, I don't agree with and B, aren't backed by science or C, could be detrimental emotionally and mentally. That's just not, you know, part of the holistic nature of what I do, but also that's not really where the transformation comes from. Um, and I think a lot of social media platforms across the board are one-stop solutions to a mountain of issues and those aren't being addressed. And it is, it's like going through the laundry list of things that are happening internally. We talked about, you know, gut microbes, gut intelligence, you know, and even, even, you know, higher up, you know, you know, lungs, heart, uh, arteries, um, blood flow, blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the struggle that fitness trainers have across the board, those of us that are honest and trustworthy, you know, we're the ones that are struggling financially because we've got to compete with multi-million and multi-billion dollar companies that are, are looking at fitness trainers from an aesthetic perspective and giving them their products to sell in an effort to get people on board. And that is, I think, one of the the hardest truths and one of the hardest hurdles that a lot of fitness um, professionals have to deal with. Um, you know, James Fell, which is um, someone that I really respect in the industry, has written a tons, tons and tons of articles about this. And, you know, in, in one podcast that I listened to, he said, look, you know, the people that are profiting off of the propaganda of, of the ignorant are the ones that will make the most money. And he's not wrong. So I think that if people are seeking out information that is going to help them in a holistic fashion, they've really got to do their due diligence and not just focus on the appearance, but really sort of critiquing the person behind 
the camera and asking really tough questions like, hey, what sorts of degrees do you hold? And why do you think I would should choose your program or your protein powder or your pre-workout or your supplements over whole foods? Yeah, you almost um, have to shut off our inclination to gravitate toward the visual, which is hard. It's the first thing that it's the it's the bait right it's the hook and absolutely well yeah they see you before they hear you my voice teacher always said that she said they all they see you before they hear you now I'll take that even further just because someone sees you they've also got to see the actions that you take behind the camera right and if everyone is willing to show their DEXA scans and their progress throughout the years, and their spreadsheets that have their macros and what they're doing. Hey, great, that's awesome. But then that also opens up kind of Pandora's box for further critique. So <laughs> it, it sometimes it can be a win-win uh, situation, and sometimes it can be a lose-lose situation. And how vulnerable do we as professionals want to be? Mm-hmm. How How trustworthy do we need to you know, kind of expose ourselves as individuals, you know, where, where really is the line? Yeah. That's borderline putting your medical information out there. Like you're almost self-violating HIPAA, which protects for listeners that are unfamiliar with HIPAA, it protects the individual's right to their own medical information. And that legally cannot be released. What you're talking about is maybe not even borderline, it might be full on because you're talking about, you know, your body composition mm-hmm. and should you put that out there? It's extremely yeah. private. Referrals are everything. Grassroots marketing is everything. Um, yeah, I, I can easily put up a picture of bodybuilding days that was probably, you know, 10 years ago and pawn it off as something that I look like now, but that would be dishonest. Mm-hmm. And my issue with the fitness community is that they really are only posting predominantly, not everyone, but most fitness influencers and professionals are only posting when they're at their peak, Mm -hmm. potentially not even competing or getting ready to, or they're coming off season. And so, you know, they haven't had their splurge or their cheat and but they're also unwilling to talk about the struggles yeah, that yeah. they themselves went through. And I think that that's where the honesty comes out in, in one-on-one consultations. It's being able to empathize and sympathize in a real life situation. Right. It brings the human piece back. Totally. And not, not all of these fitness influencers are, are going to pick up the phone or even offer their phone number or email as a contact because they've got assistants and they've got staff that are, you know, formulating these emails, you know, that are really kind of, again, this one size fits all type of mentality. Um, And that's, you know, I feel really strongly about this. It's just doing, doing one's diligence. We do it most of the time, I'd say when we, you know, look for a realtor. (laughs) If we're looking for a realtor, we're not going to go get someone that's 
underqualified. Same thing with a, a doctor or a surgeon. You know, we're not going to get someone that just looks the part. We're going to check out their credentials. Yeah, you're going to shop gonna a little. Have, we're going to have a conversation. And you should shop them. It's your money. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people take advantage of that situation. And that's, you know, that's what fires me up. It's, you know, I look at some of these fitness influencers and absolutely they look dynamite. But, you know, I can't find their resume. Right. And so I, are you just posting things because they work for you? And it's cool that you are offering a system that, that might work for you. But how do you deal with the beginner, intermediate, advanced athlete? I think there's room for error when you can't see or give tactile cues to members and clients um, or even coaching, even if it's virtual. I mean, during COVID, I have been doing sort of both, seeing clients in person, outside, mask and gloves on. But I've refrained from tactile cues because obviously the spread of this um, this plague is really serious, and and I've learned how to coach in a very different manner virtually. But it would be a disservice if I only gave out blanket, you know, sort of statements, um, and didn't try to also go the extra distance if you know. When, when and if I put out an ebook, you know, having a, a glossary of videos to go along with it. So there's visual cueing, there's verbal cueing, um, you know, and then written oral cueing. So, you know, I just, I think, I think one of the, yeah, the biggest red flags is these fitness influencers that have millions of followers, but they're giving out the wrong information or they themselves aren't, aren't as educated. And I hate to say that, but it is true. Um, you know, there's tons of people that just have never worked with a client one-on-one and they are profiting off of the workouts and the style that they like to do in hopes that they can gain more followers and hopes that they'll gain more money. But nine times out of 10, these, these workouts aren't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And can so you, can you imagine coaching, but having never had an in-person coaching session, that's a wild idea to me. I, I, yeah. And I, I often look at some of these 21 day, you know, boot camps and, and I look at the style of exercise and I often think, well, what is the method behind this? Well, this worked for me, so it's going to work for you. And that's a huge red flag, huge red flag, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when it comes to pre-workouts and protein powders and supplements. Uh, just because something works for someone doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. Right. Body again, going back to metabolism is metabolizing pills and powders very differently, especially as we age. That's a really good point. So going back to, okay, take us through your thought process when you are digging through social media and you're looking at sources of information for you so that you can continue your education right Mm -hmm. back to the continued education that is so important what walk us through how you analyze the page right and 
as you do so, feel free to, you know, call out some real life examples of what you see because they're out there and it's important to talk about that. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, even, even when it comes up on a feed, I guess, I guess my, my biggest thing is, you know, I have hashtags like most, most people have on social media. And we'll talk about Instagram first because that's where I spend most of my time marketing myself, but also doing research. And I'm often intrigued, I guess is the great word to say. I'm often intrigued by the body types. More often than not, I'm seeing women who are taller than 5'5", five five, who are traditionally more, more of an ectomorph body type. Um, and for those, those that are listening, there are three different categorizations of body types. We've got endomorphs, mesomorphs, and ectomorphs. And most people overlap, but for, for all intents and purposes, it, what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is I'm looking at the body type and I'm often thinking, okay, well, my cynical side is saying, um, does this female even lift weights? <laughs> because, you know, because it's all centered around body weight. And, and then I'm looking at naturally their form, you know, in their squats. Are they going below parallel? Are they, they doing sort of an, an, an anterior tuck or a posterior tuck? or, you know, front and back, or, you know, or what type of weights are they using? And the conclusion that I always come to is, well, A, the, the genre is hit, and the style of working out is, well, go as fast as you can, or in some cases, it's, it's rep-based. But nowhere have I seen where corrections are being emphasized or modifications. It's, well, hey, I am doing this, and you should do it too, and if you like what you see, buy my thing. And the two, I guess the two really big fitness influencers right now are uh, Emily Sykes out of Australia, and who just had a baby, and she looks fantastic, by the way, but, you know, I, I've been watching her for the last couple of years, and, I'm, I'm, and because she's decided to have a family, it looks as though she's getting into more of this, um, you know, she's still doing mainstream sort of fitness, but now she's opened up her business and into hair care and makeup and supplements. And so now there's multiple revenue pipelines. And so that to me is a red flag. It's, well, let's stick to one thing that we're really passionate about. One thing that we're passionate about instead of a, you know, this idea of this cornucopia of just home essential items or beauty products. And I know as, as an industry, we're often tied to like health and wellness. And under that umbrella, we've got, you know, body care and hair care and face, and then it's makeup and perfumes and clothing lines and et cetera. And I'm not saying that multiple pipeline streams are, are bad, but 
if you're not going to integrate them into a holistic lifestyle, then what's the point? I think it's a mixed message. And it's, yeah. You can only be an expert on so many things, realistically. If you really want to get in there and be an expert and be really knowledgeable about what you're doing, you can only know so much. So I, I really, you know, that makes sense what you're saying. You know, once it sort of becomes this, miscellaneous health and wellness drawer <laughs> you know where you, yes. where, you <laughs> where you throw all these things out there then it would make sense that it becomes less rooted in a scientific base or I guess what I should say is um rooted in knowledge and and really reading and knowing where all your all the products are coming from and and, and etc oh exactly oh 100 percent um, so she's one. And then another girl that I've have watched, I mean, her Instagram following just exploded the last couple of years and her handle is Brittany babe. And she is just in phenomenal shape. And uh, I give her so many accolades for being so vulnerable on social media. Um, just her background, you know, I, I struggling, you know, young adult who persevered through a lot of unforeseen circumstances and rose to the occasion, dove into fitness and has just done really, really well. And if you were to look at her, her Instagram handle, I mean, it is a thousand percent stellar. She is sponsored by a lot of fitness apparel companies and supplement companies. However, comma, again, this notion that if I sign up for one of her boot camps that I'm going to look like her is false. It's false advertising. She genetically is predisposed with a killer athletic body and, you know, is sort of this quintessential specimen mm -hmm. of, of just total, you know, physique. I mean, her type, you can just tell, you know, females are born with more type one fibers and, she looks like an Olympic, you know, athlete and she's this gorgeous African-American woman. And why wouldn't you want to work outside at Venice beach where these pull-up bars are just everywhere. And a lot of startup companies are, and you've got Silicon Valley that's, you know, helping you with all of your apps and so on and so forth. So right place, right time is one thing. But again, going to back to this idea of, you know, it's cool that I see her at Nike. It's cool that she's an ambassador of multiple companies, but, you know, where's, where's the one-on-one -on -one client experience? Where, where are the reviews of you working with one-on-one -on -one clients? You know, where's the one-on-one, -on -one, where's the, the honing in on in-person training? Because a lot of what I see with a lot of influencers is they're, they're working with other influencers. And I think that's awesome. Everyone wants to get their Instagram handle up. I mean, it's a numbers game, right? Absolutely. But the, but the detriment is, well, where are the real-time videos and reviews and and not just reviews on the product right because anybody can say oh this is amazing and i love 
but is anyone really being that honest and taking the pictures and the measurements and getting the DEXA scans and doing the before and after? And I'm not to say, not to say most people aren't doing that, but is that even discussed? Is that even a part of the package? Or is it simply click here, download this, and have fun? And if you do it, you do it. And if you don't, you don't. Where's the accountability piece? Where's the coaching piece? Right. Yeah. Interesting. And I'm all, look, I'm all for people wanting to try things out. I think that's great. I think that's a part of someone's individual road to exploration and continuing education, but let's take it one step further. Let's really see if these people reach out and what's the harm in reaching out? Zero. There's no harm in reaching out. You have nothing to lose, but you do have everything to gain if they don't respond. Right. Because again, that's another signal to you that maybe you should keep shopping for what you're truly looking for. Absolutely. And I, I myself have done it a lot. I've learned through my own experience that online training is not for me, that I need and I want and I desire an extra set of eyes because I need to physically get in my car and go see my coach. I need to do it because there are things that are very personal for me having gone through a, a you know, two competitions, but prepping for three. And I, I know that numbers are very triggering for me. And so I got to have somebody do it for me. I got to have somebody weigh me. I got to have somebody measure me. I need someone to put calipers on me. I need somebody to tell me week to week, Liz, you're on track or you know what? We got to, we got to work on this. And that's exactly the type of coaching that I give my clients. So would you say, would you say that, you know, going back to the piece of body dysmorphia, and I would imagine that it would be a constant battle as a fitness coach and educator, because as with all of us, you're inundated with the same images, but on top of that, you're in it all of the time. And do you ever find that you have to give yourself a self check, you know, you know, checking in with yourself and saying, am I staying on my path? Am I living up to my own personal mission for, for providing this service? Oh, every day. Absolutely. Yeah. I am my own walking billboard. There's no one that could represent me better than me. And but also, I've got to be honest with myself. And one of the, I think one of the strengths that I have as a coach is being able to truly empathize and navigate and articulate how difficult the journey can be. And it is, it is incredibly difficult. It's, and this is, you know, going back into this, the social media piece, the, the propaganda is 
fierce. Illustrating. Yeah, it is. It mm-hmm. is so fierce and powerful, but it is so misleading. And science tells us that in order to change a habit, we need to 100% focus on that habit for at least 21 days. And that is flawlessly. Now, most people are going to see that and like, oh, well, whatever. If I do 80%, I should yield 100% results. Well, that's not accurate math, A. And B, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> but also, you know, this idea that, oh, well, get on my bandwagon and I can guarantee these results. Well, again, science tells us you need at least 12 weeks of quantifiable data quantifiable and qualitative data in order to support a transformation. And if you don't have someone that you're accountable to on a weekly basis, on a daily basis that you're not checking in with, you know, and you're just left up to your own devices, well, human psychology tells us that we're predisposed to you know, societal, you know, norms and abnorms. It's because triggers don't always have to be negative. Triggers can be positive. If I feel happy, well, shit, I'm going to have that, you know, tequila cocktail on the weekends. Yeah, you're going to seek it out. I had had a hell of a week and I, you know, did everything I need to do with work and life and with my spouse or significant other. And yes, got the kids ready for daycare. Like, yes, we want to pump ourselves up every day and this is the reward and by god if it fits my macros i'm gonna fucking do it so but is anybody really telling us that by doing that we're still not 100 percent? so there's there's so many mixed messages right and and no one is i think giving us permission to to do those things and what i'm getting at is one of the strengths that i have as a coach is is creating an environment that is non-judgmental, but is safe. And it has to be those two things. Otherwise, clients are not going to be honest. And when they are honest, they are body shaming themselves and they are, are guilting themselves into not wanting to achieve and continue to achieve the path that is set out. And if someone is not honest, then you as a coach in real time cannot do your job to the best of your ability. If someone is lying about not entering in the proper data. And so again, this idea that, you know, these one size fits all programs or nutrition programs are going to achieve that and not talk about the emotional and mental components that are happening every single day of our lives, you know, it's, it's a disservice. Yeah. It really is constantly screening. You know, we're talking about it in terms of metabolism, nutrition, workouts, et cetera, but it absolutely applies to really everything in this human life, you know, constantly thinking about what's truly at the wheel mentally, right? Is it, is it fear? Is it shame? 
is it a mix? Probably, right? As you mentioned, we're super complex and we're absorbing a lot of stimuli. And and sometimes we're not even quite sure what the original trigger really is, unless we do some, some digging. And the thing about, the thing about reworking your lifestyle, which is what this is truly all about, is you're going to have to do that that work and ask that question a lot. And even when the answer is, okay, yeah, fear might be at the wheel today or, or whatever personal, whatever personal experience you're working through, acknowledging it for what it is and still putting in the work, even if some days it's just showing up and seeing your coach, even if they're gloved up and wearing a mask, <laughs> because we are absolutely, you know, we're, we're working through a pandemic. Patience and trusting the process from an individual that's not only gone through it, but also the person that is ultimately your biggest fan in helping you achieve these goals. And I think a lot of people don't, don't realize that when they hire a coach and a trainer, it's well, Liz Harvey, I know from personal experience, I've walked in and you were coaching and I had a feeling of, man, I don't know how into this I'm going to be today because I either was physically tired or there was something going on mentally or, you know, life happens. And there have been many, many times where you became that push that I needed it like you you just read it it's almost like you read it as soon as I walked up the stairs the the gym that I worked out in with Liz you walk up the stairs and bam you've you've arrived you're in the gym and it really felt like um you saw it for what it was not only in me but everyone else in that that showed up that day and so you know, I really want to give other people the opportunity to seek out your expertise, to ask those questions, to see if it would be a fit. And I want them to have the chance to to talk to you and to see if it works for them as well. So listeners, you can find Liz, Liz Harvey at The Burn Factory. That's also her Instagram handle. Liz, is there any other way that anyone could could find you and talk to you ask questions yeah thank you for that shauna and anyone can reach out to me instagram or through my email liz at theburnfactory.com happy to answer any and all questions i'd also love to invite any interested parties to come and see me virtually in a boot camp setting where i'm offering these hit and hurt and strength workouts on a weekly basis. I do a virtual boot camp Tuesdays and Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. and on weekends at 10 a.m. So I'd love to have anybody that's interested to come out. Um, I've got tons of different body types, ethnicities, injuries, and so I really do design the workouts based on the type of people and the types of clients that are showing up. So it, it, it really can be sort of a, this masterclass feel, if you will. I, I feel like I try to, you know, bring in that element of education and, and, it, and, and resources to everyone who takes these classes. So yeah, I encourage anybody to come out. If you're willing and ready, would love to have you. Oh, that's, 
That's awesome. Um, and all those times that Liz just provided are Eastern. Yes. Got to include so that you, detail. Yeah. If you are on the West Coast, please feel free to drop in. I've got people on the West Coast. I've got people on Pacific. I guess that's our mountain time, I should say. Um, I don't have anyone internationally, so I'm waiting on you guys from, from Italy to pop in because that's my favorite country. So <laughs> come on in. Come on board. All right, Liz. That's a wrap. And thank you for joining me. Thank you for your time. Thank you for authentically speaking to your experiences, both professionally and touching on things that are very much outside of that, you know, really being honest about what this means to you, how the idea of energy resonates with you and how it ties into what you do for a living. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure, Shauna. My pleasure. This has been awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Analytic Assist. Additional information can be found in the podcast description below. Please leave your rating and reviews below and share with your friends. If you have any topics in mind related to energy, science, innovation, and your own interest, please let me know at drshaunag at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at The Analytic Assist. Until our next investigation, goodbye for now.